I mean, you see the title. You see going downtown with C.J. Stroud. And you're thinking, is Cage going to have C.J. Stroud on the podcast? Because that would be pretty crazy. You know, fresh off of a playoff victory? No. Sorry. If that's what you tuned in for, might as well just shut it off now. Although I promise you it's going to be a quick one, and it's going to be uh, one where I ask you guys to put your, your thinking caps on. I ask you guys to... You know, put yourself into the shoes of two sides of, a, of an equation here, two sides of a hobby deal, hobby deal gone wrong. And tell me what you would think. I expect the comment section to be lively on this one. I expect to get some DMs on this one. I, I expect you to actually kind of close your eyes and think for a second, what would you do in this situation? What would you do if you were the buyer? What would you do if you were at the show? What would you do if you were another dealer? And more importantly, what would you do if you were the dealer in question? And with that as the setup, I, I'll just jump right into it. Um, had the benefit of going to a card show this weekend at Hofstra. Took my son. Was there with my niece and my nephew. A lot of kids. A lot of a lot of a lot of fun deals going on. A lot of dealers. Got to see Wiz the Collector there. That was fun. He was uh, he was in the middle of a deal for a cool Lamar Jackson. So I didn't want to bother him too much. Um, saw a lot of a lot of dealers I know. Um, Ian, of course, brought some cards, sold some cards. That's what he does. You know, he's he's stockpiling cash, I guess, for the uh, you know the impending market crash. Anyway, we're there for a while, there for about an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Ian hits every table, sells what he can. We left a little bit of wax. Um, you know, my uh, my nephew also bought some stuff. You know, we were about to leave and go home, and as I. Uh, as I'm walking out with my son, he had seen one of his classmates and he was saying goodbye. I see a, a I'm going to call him a kid, right? Um, I don't know him. Probably a teenager. Um, anywhere from 14 to 18 years old. Tall. So, you know, uh, almost as tall as me. And he walks past me pretty hurried with a couple of friends in tow. And you could tell just bawling his eyes out, just hysterically crying. And, you know, I follow and, you know, you never want to see a kid crying at a card show. Um, and he walks up to a dealer that I know a dealer I've dealt with many times to remain unnamed. Um, and he walks up to this dealer and he shows him a card. And, you know, the story's going to get a little interesting here because obviously I wasn't involved in it. I, I was just an overhearer or an overwatcher. Um, but he, he takes a card out of his pocket and... You know, if you haven't guessed by now from the title of the Hobby with Cage episode 112 going downtown with CJ Stroud, it was a CJ Stroud downtown. Um, a pretty nice card, a card that's, you know, got some real value to it. And um, he takes the card out of a, a top loader, shows it to this dealer. Uh, dealer's got it behind his table. And one of his, you know, one of his friends is there kind of pointing at it and says, you know, hey, I just bought this and it's fake. Look, look at the back. It's fake. It's a fake. Now, all right, the dealer says to him, calm down. What makes you think it's a fake? What makes you think it's a fake card? I mean, it would be a little odd to have a fake CJ Stroud downtown sitting at this show like this. What makes me, well, I didn't even see it when I bought it, but look at the, there's like a blue stripe on the back. So the dealer looks at it, flips it over, and looks at the white, uh, you know, back white of the card. The right side, it looks like this little, maybe, I don't know, a pen mark. You know, sort of like the remnants of maybe like, uh, you know, like a little print mark on it or something like that. I'm sure Kurt's card care would probably take it off in a second. And that's probably the fate that this card has in its future. You know, somebody probably get this 
ripped off of the microfiber. Didn't look fake. And the dealer says to this kid, well, what do you mean fake? Like, well, oh, he just said it was fake. This other, this, okay, well, do you have anything to suggest that it's fake? No, but, but it's definitely not gem mint. Like the guy, the dealer just told me it was gem mint. Okay, well, when did you buy it from that dealer? I bought it 10 seconds ago. I, I, I grabbed it. I took it. I showed it to my friend. He turned it over. He saw that blue, said, this is clearly fake. And I came running over. I'm telling you about it right now. Okay, so... Let's just take fake out of the equation. I don't think it's fake. I'm going to throw that out of the equation. But clearly the card has a mark on it. What'd you pay? I paid $1,200 for it. It's a lot of money for a teenage kid who otherwise is going to break down into tears because of something like this happening. Adil says, okay, well, did you tell him? Yeah, I told him. I told him, and this is where I want you to put your hat on. I want you to put your shoes on here. If you're this kid, if you're this dealer, this is where some conversation comes in, right? Because, you know, the, in the backdrop, I want you to be Michael Rubin for a second. I want you to be fanatics. I want you to be the people who are looking to grow the hobby. I'm not going to use the 10x phrase, no matter how much I want to. But these are the kids. These are the future. These are the kids who are walking around with $1,200 cash at a card show to buy a card like this. These are the kids you want to stay and you want them to go to school and tell their friends and get them in the hobby. These are the kids who you want having fun. Maybe this is this kid who was flipping the card. I have no idea. Maybe he was going to grade it. It wasn't someone I was talking to. But it's somebody who came to a card show and dropped $1,200 cash on a table and bought a C.J. Stroud downtown. Okay, so here's where it gets fun. The kid says to my friend, the dealer, he says, well, I, I showed the guy the card. As soon as my friend flipped it over, I said, come on, look at this. It's not Jim Min. Just a dealer says to him, you know, well, Why'd you buy it? Like, what are you looking at it for? And the kid says, well, I offered him, give it back to me and you can keep $200. This is what the kid says. He like offers it. My mistake, you know, I shouldn't have bought the card. You take it back, just give me $1,000 back. And the dealer said, no. Okay. Now, if you're this kid, what do you do besides cry? If you're this dealer, would you have done that? If you're a steward of the hobby, if you realize that you now have a kid who's hysterically crying, running around the card show, probably ruining all the rest of the business that you are going to have for the rest of that day and maybe into the future, do you just give him the $1,200 back? Do you accept his offer of, I'll keep 200 bucks? Does it factor into your mind, this is not a numbered card, all right? So I'm just going to you know lay out all the fun things for you, for those of you who, who didn't tune in to put on your thinking cap. Does your brain go to, I just sold this kid this card? He has another one because they're not numbered. Maybe he bought one on eBay already that has a mark on it. Does it go into your brain that this kid came here to scam you? That you have this card now and he's trying to return to you a lesser version, a card that he brought to the show that has a blue mark on it. And he took your gem mint one for 1200 bucks and is now looking to just scam you. Did that go into your mind as I told you the story? Is that a possibility? Probably not something you thought of, but something I thought of as I was you know, going through this. It's an interesting thing because all of a sudden here you're like, oh, the dealer's trying to scam a kid. Maybe the kid was trying to scam the dealer and you don't know. And remember, it's not a numbered card. It makes it plausible. Uh, I mean, reading the room and reading this kid, I doubt it. This kid was broken, like red-faced, tears. Anyway... 
just to continue on, because I'm curious, what would you do if you were this other dealer at the show that this crying kid came to with this card that was damaged, not gem mint? Would you try to help him? Would you say to him, hey, kid, you got to be better. If you're the kind of kid that's walking around with that kind of scararol, you're walking around with that kind of cash in your pocket, and you're going to drop it down on a table to buy a card, you have to be smarter. You have to look at what you're buying. Is this a $1,200 lesson learned for this kid? Do you say to him, not my problem? Do you say, if you're going to be buying this type of stuff, you have to accept that this could happen to you. And before you put your money down, you better inspect the hell out of that card. You better look at it forward, sideways, you name it. And obviously, it wasn't that hidden if your boy who took it out of your hand for two seconds looked at it and saw it immediately said it was 10 seconds after you bought it. So you missed it. You can't get too excited. You can't get, oh, I'm getting the card I want, boom, 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 and not look at it with enough detail to catch that blue line that's on there, to catch that defect until it's too late, and now you're in this position. Do you tell him that? What do you do if you're this other dealer now, right? Think about that for a sec, because I'm curious what you'd do. And now I'm going to tell you what happened. This other dealer, a friend of mine, someone that Ian has sold a car to at multiple shows, he walks over to the dealer. He takes the kid over. The dealer and him speak. And ultimately what happens is, stay tuned for episode 113 for the continuation. Just kidding! But that would have been a great cliffhanger, wouldn't it have been, right? I would have been like, oh, I hate Cage. He's going to make me wait. Get the hell out of here. No, you better tell me, right? Well, the cliffhanger is, what do you think happened? What would you do? Now, there's another dealer bringing this kid over. What would you do? I can tell you what I would do, but I don't want to ruin this for you. I think you probably could guess what I would do. I think you could probably guess. But ultimately, what happened is after a couple of conversations, a few minutes, you, you name it, the kid offered the same deal to the dealer and said, just take it back. I, I you know, it's my mistake. You know, uh, give me a thousand dollars back of the twelve hundred. And the dealer ultimately took the card back and the kid was out two hundred dollars. I'm sure he wasn't thrilled to be out two hundred dollars, but it's better than being out twelve hundred. Now he wouldn't have been out twelve hundred though, right? He still would have had the card. I don't know, maybe he was embarrassed. You know, maybe his friend made him think he was an idiot and he was buying a fake card or a damaged card and he didn't look at it. So who's the villain in this? As you think about the hypothetical I just posed to you. I'm going to answer the question. The villain is his boy. Because if you're that good of a friend that you can find the back of the card, the damage like that, you better do it before your friend plunks down $1,200. Not keep your mouth shut. Nah, I'm just playing. It's not him. It was an interesting eye-opening thing because here I'm sitting there at this show where everyone's having fun, except for maybe the guys who have three vintage tables that no one ever stops at. It's very weird. It's like the same guys with the same cards at the same show, and they're so expensive. And I ask them all the time, how much is that one? And it was, they're like 150% of what I could get the card for on eBay. I, don't even, I think this is like their only social outlet, those guys. I feel bad for them. But in any event... Besides those guys, it's like everybody was having fun. Everybody's having fun. Kids are running around. My niece is opening Disney princess stickers. That guy should smile more too, the one who sells packs. You know, you got you people having fun. There's deals. I mean, Ian made a deal. How old was that kid with the real curly hair? 
probably um, 18, 19 year old kid. They're wheeling and dealing. He's selling cards. You know, there's lots of business going on. The last thing you expect to see is tears. You don't expect to see that. It's supposed to be fun, right? It's supposed to be, you know, a welcoming place. It's supposed to be, let's bring the kids in. Remember what we're doing here, guys. It's baseball cards. Now, I know CJ Stroud's a football player. I don't care. I'm that old. I still call them baseball cards because that's all it used to be, just baseball cards. I know it's sports cards, but it's for kids. I know it's big business. I know there's big money in this. I know there's all kinds of craziness, but at the least, we should be you know, operating in such a way that we reduce the uh, amount of tears that are shed by children during card shows. I mean, is that too much to ask? But it really is a thought-provoking thing, right? You know, you think about it for a second, and the more you think about the story and the way it goes, the more choose-your-own-adventure type of novel. The door is very squeaky. I'm sorry, guys. You, you know, it, it, you choose this and go to page 47. Choose this and go to page 88. Remember those things? You know, probably don't. Probably three people who know what a choose-your-own-adventure novel is that's listening to this. But the point is, the more you think about it, the more options there are, the more, hey, maybe the kid was the scammer. Maybe this dealer should have just said, all right, you know what? I'm no harm, no foul to me. I'm just going to take my card back and sell it to somebody else. Right? You know? And, and shouldn't have taken the 200 bucks off the kid. Shouldn't have accepted that. You know, the, the kid offered it. I guess that's kind of what they settled on. I don't know. You know, I don't know what you would have done. I don't know what you would have done if you were the kid. I don't know what you would have done if you were the, the dealer. Um, I know if this happened to Ian, first of all, like he would have... The worst thing that would have happened to him was me talking to him about paying twelve hundred dollars for a CJ Stroud card, not numbered CJ Stroud card. You never know the pop of that would have been pretty bad. But if a dealer tried to take advantage of my kid like that, I don't know if they would have left with two hundred dollars. They probably not, would not have left with their wallet intact. Forget about that. It wasn't the worst thing that would have. They would have left with less money and less ability to see. Anyway. It's a fun little thing that happened at the uh, – you have a question? Oh, there's a question from the audience, guys. It's like a coffee with a cage. What's the question? Why would the price as well as a mint card if it was defective and had – so, so the question that comes from the peanut gallery that is stuck listening to me is why was it priced as if it's a mint card when it has a damage on the back? And I want you guys to think about that question, right? Did the dealer not know that it was damaged? Because the dealer priced it as a gem mint card. $1,200 is a lot for that card. It's about full market value. Now, is it the dealer's responsibility to tell the kid of every little marking that's on it? Or is, or does a price get put on there? And as I've done thousands of times, someone shows me a card and I turn it over and say, okay, that corner has a ding. There's no way that grades well. I know you quoted me $1,200. I'll give you $850 on it. Whose responsibility is it? It's an interesting question that you pose. I don't know whether or not this guy was trying to pull a fast one on a kid. I don't know whether the kid, you know, replaced the card. There's another question from the peanut gallery, guys. This is a rare, I've done about, well, this is 112 episodes solo, another thousand episodes, you know, with my partner, Andrew, there. And uh, I've never had this. So please. Uh, this transaction was made in New York. Yes. The price of the card was $1,200. Yes. So under New York law, there has to be a written contract. Oh, there was no written contract. Yeah, there's no written contract. Okay. All right. New York contract law is $500 written contract. So he should have given him back 
So, kid, if you're listening, I don't know if he's under 18. Now, you're right. In in contract law, which I think there are exceptions for a lot of in-person transactions, but this is not a de minimis amount. It is $1,200. Point here is if, kid, if you're listening to this and you want to hire a lawyer, uh, they'll take a third, which means that $1,200 transaction, you're going to lose $300. So you actually did better by yourself not hiring a lawyer keeping a grand instead of getting your 1200 back and having to pay 300 400 my math is terrible you would have wound up with 800 back if you you want to hire the lawyer here you cost yourself another 200 bucks anyways it, i thought this would make for an interesting episode because it is a real life situation that happens um i was leaving in with a bunch of people i let the dealers handle it it was one of those things where i was not there when it happened if I was, I probably would have gotten a little more involved in the situation than I did. I don't know the dealer who sold it. It's not a dealer I deal with often. Um, if it was, I definitely would have spoken to him um, and tried to get the kid the whole money back. I think it's where I would have gone. I mean, if, if if I'm the one selling the card, I don't care that the kids offer me $200 back. I'm giving him all his money back and you know everybody walks away happy, happy, joy, joy. Um, but that's me. It's not the way it ended. Um, and I'm curious to see what you guys think about this because it is a real life situation that occurred, you know, during this weekend at a card show. And, um, you know, even the way that it worked out, if I'm this kid, I mean, look, 200 bucks, he, he probably learned a good lesson going forward, right? And maybe that saves him from buying a even more expensive card that's damaged. Maybe he, you know, maybe he's going to learn going forward. Or maybe he says, you know what? I can't trust this space. And maybe I'm going to take my money and my bankroll and I'm going to start buying Rolexes or sneakers or bourbons or wines, although you might be a little young for that. Um, you know, maybe just start day trading. You know, who the heck knows? You know, you don't want to lose uh, anyone in the hobby. Um, and, you know, those kind of things, they happen. I'd like to hope and, and think that maybe it was all kind of just, you know, all a big misunderstanding. Maybe the dealer didn't know that the marking was on the card. You know, and maybe the kid didn't see it until it was too late. And it just kind of snowballed and got out of hand from where it was. Um, but it's an interesting, thought-provoking situation. I wanted to bring it to you guys because I hope it does provoke some thoughts with you. I'd love to hear in the comments, you know, who you think was right, who you think was wrong, what you think could have been done here, if anything I didn't think of. Have you ever seen a situation like this unfold? And what do you think it does? You know, what do you think it does for, uh, you know, for for uh you know for our hobby what i think it says for our hobby you know i know that there are people there who were first-time showgoers i know because my my brother actually brought a couple people with kids um they had left before this happened but if they were there it would i as a parent if i brought my kid to something like this would be a little you know concerned that these are the you know these are things that happen there with the market participants um and maybe i would probably <laughs> think twice before going to another one, but that's just me. Anyway, guys, we'll talk to you soon. You you want to stick your head in? You want to stick his head in? You know who that is. Cash money. All right, guys, I'll talk to you guys soon.